unfiltered, uncensored, and unapologetic. This is the Retail War Zone Podcast. That is some of the cool things. When that happened too, I got to play it too. And it was just like, that still to this day, 14 years later, like it's still something I'll never, ever forget. Right. I got to play Stevie Ray Vaughan's guitar. And that's what's amazing about this business. Okay. What we're going to do is we wind this down. I don't really want to get into the bad of it because look, we, we've all had a good time in this business. All right. There's a lot of fun stuff and a lot of things that all of us have got to do that probably people would have never thought we were able to do. So uh, what I want to do is we'll start with you, Adam, and I want you to talk about like people you've met that maybe you were your heroes or idols or whatnot that you thought you never would through the business or things you got to do through the business that you never thought you would. Same thing with you, Trent. And then, you know, we'll go to me. So Adam, you're up first. I think probably there for me, I I didn't have a lot of, um, I got to meet Victor Wooten once. So that was cool. (laughs) Uh, Super nice guy. Um, but real, to be honest with you, I think the biggest things that I took away in terms of just, you know, things that I remember fondly, probably when, you know, I would say there, when my, when the stores that I was running were running at their best, like that was, that was always kind of inspiring to me in its own way, not to get too, you know, cheese ball with it, but it's true. Like when you could show up to work and, I mean, you could literally have, I mean, we would have, we could just have a hand signal across the store. And that's when we knew, okay, you're, you know, you're going to lunch. You know what I mean? Or like, Hey, the truck is here. And you, and you knew you had it on, you you knew how the process was going to go. You knew not only what was going to come off the truck, how it was going to get done, how you were going to have it done uh, and how everyone understood what the next steps were not because you beat them into submission and did to, into doing it is because you all liked to do it. You know, that was the next step. So I met a, I had a, I had a couple of, I unfortunately had a lot more bad managers than good managers in my time, but I did meet some really cool managers in my, in my time. Um, I did meet some really cool people, but for me, when the team was running at its best, that was what I found most inspiring uh, when I was, when I was in the industry, when everybody just knew what had to get done, but we never let off the, we never got rid of the the vibes. If vibes were a thing in like 2015, then you're right. (laughs) Then, then we we had it ahead. Yep. All Um, right. So people like people I met stuff like that. Well, people you've met, things that you got to do because of the business, things that made you proud as a manager. Hold on, Yards. Oh, boy. So I'll start with just a list of musicians that I've met. Uh, Alice Cooper was super cool. Total grandpa vibes. Uh, Dave Mustaine was actually a really, really awesome guy to talk to. A lot of people say he's good, you know, kind of a dick or whatever. But when I met him, dude was super cool. I was 
I think the only one that got to sit down and have an actual like conversation with him, which for me, I've always been into metal. I've been listening to Megadeth since I was like 12 or 13. Like, right. It was really hard for me not to just like totally geek out and fanboy, dude. But like, I held it together and had a pretty cool conversation with him, dude. Like, that was awesome. Um, I've sold strings and picks and stuff to Fred Durst and West Borland from Lit Biscuit. Uh, ben, Ben, whatever his last name is, the singer from Breaking Benjamin in Des Moines came into my store. Bought stuff. Burnley, I think his name is. Ben Burnley. Burnley or Burnley? Burnley, something like that. I mean, I have a list, a ton of musicians and like VIP, especially in Milwaukee, dude. Oh my God. I would get VIP to like every show. We were always getting free tickets to shows, even down in Atlanta. Yeah, we, we did. Was always getting free tickets to shows. People, road crew would come in. You'd, you'd hook the road crew up, and then sometimes they get you on a VIP list, and you get to do some cool, you know, you get to go hang out, like, do cool shit. Like, that was the cool thing about working at Guitar Center. Guthrie Govan. I oh, had, you got I to meet him? Yeah, dude. Oh, uh, that's pretty impressive. Dudes. One of his dudes came into the store, and I took care of him. This was in Milwaukee. And uh, he was like, yeah, dude, Guthrie and his band, the Aristocrats, are playing out at this. It was, dude, it was a tiny venue. He was like, awesome do show. you want to come? And I'm like, <clears throat> he's like, dude, I'll, I'll let you meet Guthrie. He's like, we'll have some beers after the show and stuff, and you can actually like meet him and talk to him. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Was that when, uh, was that when like uh, Brian Ballard and Marco yes. Miniman were playing yes. with him? Yeah, that is, that is an yeah, awesome guitar show. player. Like that was a geek out moment. Like, really? Like, yes, of course I want to go to that. So, like, me and you know, this Brian dude that I ended up, he's still another guy that long term friendship spawned from Guitar Center. Me and him went and seen Guthrie Govan and like actually got to hang out with the dude for a couple hours after the show and just like be normal people with somebody that you look up to like that is it's awesome and you don't get that anywhere else no no guitar center was the only place right. that you were going to get that kind of experience and that was one of the little right. side perks you know about working there if you were in particular markets correct um i do want to throw this out here real quick adam did you hear about randy rand He passed away. Yeah. Randy Rand. Bass player autograph, Stone Mountain. Oh, yeah. No way. Uh, about a month ago. I'll yep. Be um, and, and see, wow. that right Amen. there kind of talks about what we're doing. Randy Rand was the bass player from the 80s band Autographed, and he worked for KSM and Stone Mountain, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. People don't understand if you're really into this business, what it kind of opens up to you. All right. So here I am a guy who plays guitar. I've worked retail my entire life. My wife is the one who says, go apply for guitar center. And the things that happen afterwards are just amazing. I wind up meeting one of my best friends, Matthew Thomas head who just recently won a BMI award for another score for a documentary. 
He's won an Emmy. I've recorded music with him. I became a studio rat. I, I, I got to go around and play with people and do all sorts of things that people in my regular normal life would have never thought could happen or told me that couldn't happen. We talk about bands and people you've met. You know, I was kind of a cowboy when I was at Guitar Center, and I reached out to some people. I never got in trouble for it except one time, and that was with my hero, and I'll get into that in a minute. But I grew up and, you know, followed a lot of music and whatnot, and I wound up finding this band, Him, from Finland, right? Uh, I I walked by Hot Topic, and I I see this album cover, and I'm like, that looks kind of cool, and I go home and look them up, and I fall in love with the band, and my not knowing better ass emails their manager and says, hey, can the band come do a signing when they're in town? The answer was yes. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, this was one of my, probably my second favorite band of all time. My favorite band's Kiss. They're number two. All right. And I've got onesies with their logo on it signed by the band. I've got a guitar in a case signed by the band. I get to go eat at Blue Moon Pizza in Marietta, Adam with him yeah i'm sitting there with this band that i completely idolize and love and i'm eating pizza with them we're talking about playing halo right you know next band the 69 eyes from finland same thing send an email they come out boom done you know I, I when him came, it was kind of funny because it was the Project Revolution tour where they were touring with Lincoln Park and a bunch of different bands. And J Bell, the manager, was like, Well, there won't be that many people here. And so we rented a, my wife and I rented a van personally because this was like a big deal to me, right? So we rent this van, we go pick the band up at the hotel, and they come in. And I'm telling them, Hey, look, if people bother you, let me know. You know, and and these guys were so cool. They're like, anyone can come up and talk to us. We don't care. We sold them about eight to ten grand worth of gear that night, which was cool. Cheney Brandon, of course, was involved in that. But oh, but I did sell a, a three thousand dollar Les Paul to the drummer. That was cool. But uh, so J Bell was like, there won't be this many people here. Trent, you were there for that, weren't you? Uh, yeah. Do you remember the line around the fucking building? It was a fucking madhouse. It was. I did. I printed out all the flyers and shit here personally. People that J Bell, I don't think also, he didn't take into consideration that Jackass was huge at the time. Right. And And Bam Bam and them guys was always talking about him. They had their music on Jackass all the time. And Jackass, this mm -hmm. was like peak Jackass popularity. Right. So like to a certain scene, him was fucking huge. Mm-hmm. And that certain scene in Atlanta just like all found out about this in store. Right. And and he, I obviously I couldn't have done I couldn't have done that with KSM, right? I I, I couldn't have done that. But I just sent an email. Yeah. And when I realized what the out of pocket expense was gonna be, I just bid it. And but J Bell did pay me back for it. You know, the store there was a store paid out. But yeah, I, I'll never forget. I had the band. We were getting ready to go eat, and there was like hardly nobody there. And J Bell's like, nobody's going to show up. And we get back, and there's this line wrapped around Guitar Center Marietta, seven six two, like thousands of people. And um, 
but yeah, I mean, this business, if you're able to get into it and you're able to find a location that I mean, really, and truly, I'm not lying here. The business has to be good. If you go into a store that the business is failing, it's not going to be fun. Would you not, would you guys not agree? Absolutely. Right. If if you go into yeah. one where it, it, even if it's treading water, even if it's a little bit above, okay, there's so many things that you can do that will completely change your perception of working, all right? And Look, it, it's the closest thing to living the rock star lifestyle without being a rock star. You're right. Like, that's what it felt like. At its at the at the good really good times, it was like living the rock star lifestyle, just without being the rock. I mean, without being the rock star. Right, and I will say this. I mean, I went trying to chase lightning in a bottle. I mean, I was lucky enough to work at Guitar Center at a wonderful time. Okay, I re- I, I really was. And I was dissatisfied in the job that I had and I was made an offer from the competition and I uprooted my family and moved them to Atlanta to go work for it. And look, I'm not going to fault them for it. It's a different world. It's a different business now. Okay. It's not the same. And I thought that maybe there'd be a glimpse of that and there wasn't. And that, that was a mistake I made on my part, you know, Adam, I'm not going to lie to you. I took almost a $40,000 pay cut to take that fucking job. All right. And no, no, I don't, but at the same time, you know, you live, you learn. I mean, it, it, it just, and it took me doing that to realize that the era of when music instrument retail was great is over. And, you know, and I hate to say this and I hate to pin the tail on the donkey that is KSM. All right. They made me want to never work in the business ever again. They really did. Well, I mean, well, I, they, they literally did that to me. (laughs) I'm not, I'm out of the industry and I won't be going back. Guitar center did the same thing to me. Yes. And and your your situation, Trent was awful. After everything that I went through, with once I started moving around, you know, I was promised a huge pay increase to go up to Milwaukee and be the customer service manager there. But the thing was in Peoria, we were killing it. I mean, absolutely killing it. Like top 10 in the chain, killing it. And I was killing it on my bonuses. Cause you know, I got bonuses as being for being a sales manager. I was killing it on my bonuses. Oh, I went up to Milwaukee and ended up taking a huge pay cut, like mm-hmm. detrimental. <laughs> well, you know that. Me, I mean, put me under so much like stress and anxiety yeah. from like worrying about financial bullshit. But eventually we did turn that store around to where like I was making my bonuses and things got better. Right. You know, well, I mean, here, here's the point about this business. The moment it doesn't become fun anymore, you got to go. Because this business has to be fun. I can tell you an exact moment 
an, an exact instance that sticks out in my head that made it instantly go from I love my job to what the fuck am I doing here was we had a new this is when I was a store manager in, in Des Moines and I, look I'm going to tell you when I came into that store it was a wreck mm-hmm. I mean a I mean, physically, merchandising-wise, cleanliness-wise, it was a wreck. Well, you the learned crew, from the best, so you were well-prepared. Absolute mess. And I was warned beforehand that this was how it's going to be. I just didn't imagine that it would be like it was. And so it was a fucking nightmare. My life, from that point on, became a, a fucking retail nightmare, dude. Because I was living there. Because yep. I had to literally turn damn near the whole staff over and rehire and retrain an entire new crew. And I had to make a kid who had no experience in anything like this be my customer service manager. So I had to hold him by a leash forever, which I don't, that's not his fault. He didn't know anything, but I had to, I got thrust into a position where I felt like it was single-handedly on me to make sure all these people were trained and that my store was running fluidly and that everybody was having a good time. The vibe thing always stuck around. I, you know, we were always concerned about whether the staff was having a good time. But there was a particular moment when we had a new district manager come in. He had seen me, you know, helping train some new hires. Like, you know, I'm sitting down with them, going over gear with them, and just kind of going through stuff. And he pulls me aside and he goes, Hey, man, you're being way too hands-on with this training. And I, mm. I just kind of looked at him like, um, excuse me? I don't, wow. I don't understand what you mean by that. And he's like, that's your customer service manager's job, not yours. You're the mm. store manager. Your job is to oversee. Oh, that's CS bullshit. I was like, I, I was so taken aback by that. Because that's not what I had prepared myself for mentally. Well, All the years of, of being in sales and being a frontline salesperson and then taking the assistant, I mean, working completely through the hierarchy, going through basically being an ops manager for six months. I mean, the whole entire hierarchy of the business I went through. And it was like that one single thing instantly made me start questioning what the fuck am i doing here this wow. is not what I, this is not what i wanted this is not what i was prepared for and then you know i ended up getting thrown under the bus for some shit that i'll be honest with you i did and i i knew that it was something i wasn't supposed to do but i didn't i'd seen other people do it before and district managers knew about it i didn't fucking think nothing of it i had let somebody stay with me who became homeless for a short period of time i let the motherfucker crash on my couch so he wasn't sleeping in his car in the middle of fucking winter wait a minute and you got canned for that shit because i let him stay with me you got hold up hold up you got canned from gc because you let a homeless employee crash on your couch. I violated the conflict of interest rules. Motherfucker. See, here's the thing. They're so, 
Ooh. I was not given any warning. Dude, one day, the loss prevention manager just shows up to the store. And I'm like, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, I came to talk to you. And I'm like, what the fuck? And he just starts grilling me. And I'm like, hold up. So, Stop. All right. What is going on here? Time out. Time out. I need a time out here. All right. So we're, 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 go- we're going retail war zone like for real here. So <laughs> let me get this straight. You had an employee that worked for you that was homeless that you let crash on your fucking couch and they let you go up, for that? It ended up being for like three or four weeks that he stayed with me. And like we had rode into work together sometimes and shit. I never fucking thought nothing of it, dude. And then like all of a sudden, yeah, dude, I got like completely thrown under the bus for it. And like, the new district manager that come in had I had even known it, and I when this new district manager came in and immediately got rid of like two or three store managers in our district, I knew it. I, I, knew it. I look, I'm kind of pissed off because that's <laughs> some bullshit. You, my my years of being in that company, I have seen the cycle. Right, new district manager comes in, all of a sudden your store managers change. Yeah. They want their own people. All of a sudden, your staff changes, whether it's your manager staff changing or whether it's your whole staff changing. Like new managers come in and there's always shakeups, right? So this dude came into our district and immediately let like, dude, there's like three or four managers go. Like immediately. And I, I remember coming home and telling my fiance at the time, they're gonna fire me. They're going to find some stupid reason to let me go. And she's like, no way, dude. You've been doing this forever. We've moved all over the place. Like, you've improved every store you went to. Which I did, dude. I was good at that job. I I was good at it. I was good at training people. I was enthusiastic about it. I had a real passion for it. I, I, I genuinely was able to say that I loved what I did. Right? And they ruined that shit. I remember when you messaged me that you got let go. They they ruined that that one instance of him telling me that I was being too hands on. Ruined nine years of absolute loving what I did. Look here here's the thing, and and I've learned a lot. Yeah, I've been let go for it, and then get this, dude. After I got let go, they fought me on my unemployment. The maximum amount was three times. I had my initial hearing, and then they. They challenged it three times. Did you get it? Hell yeah, I did. All right. So see that point right there. You got it. So is is that why they terminated you? Because you had a a homeless employee on your couch? It was a violation of the conflict of interest. Oh, my God. That is so much bullshit. Let me tell you. I am a key holding manager, and he was staying in my house. And at any point in time... He could have taken my keys and went to the store. At any point in time, your district manager could fuck off. Look, that kind of shit pisses me off. All right. I thought you and I had been through that. Still, it's been a long time, obviously. When when did you get, when did they let you go? Shit, that was 2017. Dude. I'm old. It's 2022. I'm not gonna remember. <laughs> Five years, man. I mean, yeah, but that, but that's some bullshit. And and when 
look, there's a lot of things that have happened in my career through the years that as I started this podcast and I've learned more and learned more about labor law and things that they can and can't do that. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but man, that's some bullshit. Man, that, I, they, I they, they I, that's I, some bullshit. Up until right around the time that I became a store manager, and I even, I even liked being a store manager once I got my store going and got a good crew. You know what I mean? And like hey, the vibe. Time out, good. real, real, real quick question. Hero asked, "Did they fire the person that was sleeping on your couch too?" No. What the he fuck? He walked out and quit when he found out they fired me. Oh, my God. And actually, like, three other people walked out of the store with me that day, too. Oh, that is so terrible. I, Adam, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, Adam. Hold up a second. Adam, in your situation, I don't think that would have happened to you. I, I will say that. I mean, I know they're different companies, but I do not think that would have happened to you. No. That, no Absolutely Look. not. The corporate structure became slimy. And when I say the corporate structure, I'm talking like the district managers, the regionals, the loss preventions, you know, and, and et cetera. Did you became, have Hink? What, what? Well, no, Hinky was gone at that point. Never mind. No. And to the, dude, I had some really, really awesome district managers over the years. Like most of them were fucking awesome ass dudes. Man, that, that that last one, he just he came actually from Atlanta. Oh, was that the guy that came from seven six one? Uh Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Jeremy. Never mind. We will not go any further there. I, I understand now. Yeah, and me and him, dude, like I can tell right away. As soon as Yo, he came in the district, he, he was younger than you, wasn't he? We didn't vibe. We didn't vibe like me and the previous dude did. Oh, the previous time, 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 out. time out. He was younger than you, right? I don't know. I'm pretty sure he was. But anyway, I continue. I, I could just tell, like, you know, and like I said, like, I kind of knew that it was a, a rule that you didn't have somebody stay with you. But, like, it wasn't permanent, so I didn't think it was a big deal. You're helping somebody out at that point. There's a there's a difference than having a roommate and having somebody you're letting crash on your fucking couch. I didn't care about that. Well, that's what they were trying to say, that we were roommates. And they were, I, they were look, your DM was looking for a reason to get rid of you, is what that was. <laughs> Absolutely. And like I said, like I knew that when right when he came in and I mean, you know, he was pro- I can I can imagine that he was probably told when he got promoted, hey, you need to trim some fat. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I would almost guarantee that he was told that, you know what I mean? Right. And so in hindsight, like, do I, you know, I don't fault dude for it because he was probably just doing what he was told, doing what he thought was right. Whatever. And, you know, that, that's good. That's a good way to be. That's, but, that's, a, that's a great attitude but, to have. Honestly, like, when you get into a position like that, dude, with a company like that, like, I hate to throw the term around, but, like, you really do become a yes man. Yeah, you do. You, you become a yes man to that corporate structure. And, like... Oh, being a store manager even almost started getting to that, like to where it was just really administrative and 
not hanging out in the store, vibing with people, helping train people, like passing on gear knowledge, like having fun with customers. Like it's not what it was about, man. No, it wasn't. So it was overseer. Real quick, we're we're sitting at an hour and a half. There's something I want to throw out here, and Adam, you can say yes or no. All right, and and we'll move on from it. Being laid off. Where, yeah, yeah, is that a question? Yes or no. Yes or no. Your call. Um, Oh, oh, in terms of like what the, like, oh, do I want yes. to talk about it? Yeah. Okay. I so I want to throw this out here. Okay. Look, I understand cultures are different and I understand times have changed in this business. And I get that. And that's a miscalculation on my part. I'm not going to blame people for a, a misfit, so to speak. Okay. I did trust people and I moved my entire family from one state to another for a job and only to find out that it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And that's different. All right. So we'll, 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 that's another story for another time. Okay. However, let's talk about the pandemic and let's talk about businesses laying people off. And are we okay talking about PPPP loans? Okay. All right. So this, this, all right, here we go. So the company that Adam and I worked for got not one, but two triple P unforgivable. I mean, uh, forgivable loans, payroll protection program loans, right. To keep people employed. Now I was not upset the day I got the phone call and it, or the day that the boss walked in and said, Hey, we're shutting you down. Um, we're laying you all off. Here's a piece of paper that says, Hey, you can apply for unemployment and Hey, be on your way. Got no problem with that. All right. And they kept employed some quote unquote ride or die people. I'll never forget sitting in my friend's basement where I was living. Right. We moved down there in December. I started the first week of December. We were staying in a friend's basement, two cats, two kids, my wife and myself. And then all of a sudden, a pandemic breaks out. Nobody plans this. It's not like we moved to Atlanta and expected The Walking Dead to happen, okay? But yeah. I wasn't exactly in the go- a good spot. And then when the pandemic hit, nobody's renting. Nobody, it, it, it was a mess. So sure, I fully understood they were going to close this location down because it didn't do a lot of business. I mean, for what they were looking for, it made no business sense whatsoever to keep that location open. I was fine with that. I understood. But Adam is a guy who worked for the company for numerous years. He wrote the training manual for the new POS system. This is a guy who put in And and you've never told me this. I'm pretty sure that you put in a lot of personal time to get that shit done. And they laid this motherfucker off. And and I'm going to say this, that at that moment in time, 
at that moment in time, I, there were some other indications that it wasn't the right fit. But when I see somebody like this guy who has done so much for that company, okay, put it, blood, sweat, tears, writing manuals for a new POS system, training stores, whole nine yards, they laid him off. And the, well, there, there's, there, there's some I know, layers. I know there's, there's some layers. I know there's some layers. So I'm going to just leave it at that and let you tell the story. Sure. It, it was, uh, it was a pandemic. It was uh, the height of, this was, you know, this was April of 2020. And so, you know, there's no, there, you know, there's no vaccines. It, it, things, it's spreading like wildfire. Uh, it had come down to, at this point, the relationship between me and the owner was was deteriorating. And, um, you know, uh, we had a new GM that had just come down, also relocated, uh, like Steve did, like I did, um, you know, to work here. So uh, we, uh, you know, the uh, basically the story, the day that the governor of Georgia was going to supposedly shut down or not shut down the state, uh, I had a three-year-old at the time. My wife has asthma, immunocompromised. This is this is when you know, for some perspective, right? This is when we thought you could pick it up from mm-hmm. the counter, and we were. And so, um, anyway, long story short, the day before the order comes, and there is nobody has told me anything, and I'm the I'm where I'm the manager of the flagship store. Nobody has told me if we're shutting down or not. But I, at this point, everyone had moved to either work from home or had already been laid off in, in Georgia. My wife worked for the justice system. She was work for, she was work from home. So my kid's daycare shut down. At this point, it's kind of like decision time. Like, okay, are we going to shut down or are we not going to shut down? I, I spoke to my general manager, who was the vessel to the ownership. If we're going to stay open... I will take a voluntary layoff if we're going to stay open to the public because I can't in good conscience be out here right now with everything that's going on. I'm not a super health conscious guy, but I, I, I was aware of what was going on. Well, um, I, I get my voluntary layoff at that point. Everything is going as I expected. I expected to get laid off. What had happened was the next day, I agreed to take some phone calls while I was laid off to kind of help out with, because the new point of sale system that, yeah, I spent, I think I worked like two and a half straight months, like 60 something odd days in a row to make sure it got, you know, turned over and things of that nature. The day that we rolled it out was the week before we shut down. So of course now we're all converted on this new system. Long story short, the people are calling me when I'm not working for them, the whole nine yards. I found out that they were still staying open because one of the people called me, one of my assistants, who is not a technologically sound dude. This is this guy will tell you that he's not a technologically sound dude. He calls me and tells me, oh, well, I'm working at the store. Where are you? Everybody wonders where wants to know where you are. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was told we were laid off. I said, nope, we're, we're working here. We're, we're doing Internet sales news to me nobody ever told me so they were using the manuals i wrote for the system that i rolled out to do the internet sales 
and I was none the wiser. And so that's how I found out. So I called a week later. I was like, I was, it was a tough time. So I was like going, I was like, I need to work. I need to go back to work. So I call GM and I say, Hey, I'd like to come back to work. He says, let me talk to the owner, talks to the owner, comes back and says, we can't take on your salary right now. I'm sorry. We can't afford to bring you back on. We're going to keep you laid off. The very first thing I hear when I get back is how much didn't say how they did record sales. So it was kind of a portrayal of trust, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, the layoff was, um, so yeah. So anyway, so the layoff was kind of, was hard to swallow because yes, I, I, yeah, the, the training manual that they wrote for onboarders, I wrote that this training manual that they, the 85 page training manual that for the new point of sale system, I wrote that too. The, so they were, it was, it was frustrating you know, to say the least. And then uh, the reward I got for coming back was I got exiled to a branch store with, to, to a um, branch store, we'll just say in the north of Georgia. Uh, and because again, the ownership with the relationship with ownership was deteriorating. So, um, so that's what so I got. For it. They didn't even send you back to West Cobb. No, no. Well, they did like very, very briefly. Um, basically, I became the fixer. Um, at one point, I was holding keys for th- three out of the five stores at the same time, um, where I would start my day in one store. At lunch, I would go to the second store. And then towards the end of the day, I would go back to the third store. And, and, and see, here's the thing. I have a lot of respect for you, Adam. I think that, I think that you are a fantastic human being. I think that you are a great husband and a great parent. Okay. And there's a butt coming, but that's ludicrous. And, and the reason I say that is because number one, so let's say you're laid off and you're receiving all these phone calls. And, and like I said, I've learned a lot since I've started this podcast and, and I didn't start this podcast to all that was over. Okay. So I didn't know that either. Right. You should have got paid for that shit. You're working, you're working yeah. off the clock. You're, you're, you're providing support for fucking free. Right. Well, they, what it boiled down to is that the relationship with ownership had deteriorated so badly that, um, the fact that I basically advocated for myself where I said, I don't, you know, I don't, if you're not going to make a decision, then I'll make a decision um, because I advocated for myself. And then some other things that subsequently happened after that, um, it, it became about spite. They, they long story short, they laid me off uh, because I made that decision. They refused to bring me back. Out of spite. So, all right, so let me get the 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 turn of events correct here. So you anticipated them doing the right thing and shutting all the stores down, correct? Mm-hmm. And you went ahead and said, okay, if you're going to do this, I'll take the layoff, correct? Yeah, that was the, the, the last I heard was that they was okay. going to shut down. And so where the disintegration of the relationship came, was it because you wanted to take the layoff because everybody was doing it? They laid us all off. 
and they got loans, you know? Right. So I don't see how they can be mad at you because you did the right thing for you and your family. Well, things things were kind of going south before that, but that was probably the first nail in the coffin. Wow. When, I, when the layoff happened and I found out that, um, yeah, that was probably the first nail in the coffin for both yeah. of us, really, for, for me yeah. and for ownership. And, and let know? me tell you, I, I'm going to say this on camera and live and whatnot. Adam is a great human being. He's a great store manager. He understands the business. And my God, he went above and beyond what his pay scale was just on AMZ alone. So I'm, I, I had, to, I had to leave the industry to really understand how low. That yeah. Pay scale and you did. Was. And so Adam, tell us real quick, what are you doing now? I am a software engineer. How do you like it? Uh, it's a lot yeah. better. And I, I, it's a lot. It's a lot better, and and they don't tell you how many of your. I will say this to anyone thinking about leaving the industry, um, and, and I, they don't tell you, they don't tell you the skills that you leave with, and they're very very useful you know, outside of the industry. Awesome. So, also Trent, I know that you're out of the business, and you seem to love what you do. Tell everybody what you're doing now. Uh, I'm an apprentice. Uh, to be a union carpenter. <clears throat> and right now I am working on a heavy highway construction project that is building a new bridge over the Illinois River uh, crossing from East Peoria to Peoria, Illinois. So it's a massive project. I mean, multiple year project. There's still, there's a long time left on it, man. We, we still got a lot of work to do, but I'm building a bridge. And it's not something I ever thought that no. I'd be doing one day. But, um, dude, I love it. I, I know you do. I get to throw on a harness and climb around and climb up super high and buck on I-beams. And I weld all the time. I get to play with the cutting tours all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'm the opposite. I'm, I, I get to I get to sit at home here, and build websites. Here's the thing, Adam. I see all this shit that Trent's doing on Facebook. I'm like, I'd be fucking mortified. I could not do that shit. Right. Well, you know, they. That's the thing, though. They, they, you. If you stay, I feel like all of us and Trent. I don't know how many years you have, but I, I know it's a lot. Um, you you spend enough years and they they kind of whip you into thinking you can't do anything else but you but you really can you really can there is there is such a thing as folks that are too long in the tooth or too you know they're they're so far down the rabbit hole that, that they can't they don't want to climb out but if you're in retail you have transferable skills they won't tell you that but you have transferable Absolutely. skills I, I 100% agree with that you absolutely have transferable skills that will you would be surprised to realize how many things that come in useful for right if you've run if you've run a saturday mm -hmm. store meeting yep. in your life you you can run a stand up meet i run stand up meeting i i wrote <laughs> on an ironic twist of fate i you know the one thing i did with ken san is i wrote training documents i wrote the training document for the company i work for now fortune fortune 200 fortune but you're fucking company. good at it adam it, it, 
but that, but that's the thing is that like that's a transferable skill. I I ran Saturday sales meetings. I mean, I ran meetings once a week for 13 years. I the first month that I'm at a, this company with people that have been doing this 20, 30 years, the first thing I say is, "Hey, the scrum master is out today. Can someone run the stand up?" Yeah. It's it, it these are there are things that come naturally when you work in retail to take to take well to take shit. You know what I mean? The first week I was there, I went to uh, a company-wide meeting, like 80-something people in this meeting, and this guy talked very ill of me and for not being in, in the for being a junior engineer in the meeting. I was told to be there. I went there. I didn't bother me none, but you know he, the dude he he said something condescending or something. I didn't care. I was like, whatever, man. I'm I'm here. I apparently I took it on the chin. Uh, well enough. Well, the dude was fired Damn. the next day, and I know that's the thing. In court, see, that's the thing. In other industries, you're not groomed to take that level of shit. In retail, you're. It's just part of your DNA. Like if somebody came up and made a condescending remark to me, that was like every half hour yep. on the hour for 50 hours a week where I used to work. Uh, you know what I mean? But now, like you, you just take it on the chin. It's just one of those things where there are things that you, anyone watching this or anyone who follows your show that's in retail thinking they can't do anything else. Yeah, you, you can. can. You absolutely can. And you can more than you think you can. You even know, if it's something that is so out of your wheelhouse that it's not even anything you can imagine yourself doing. Trust correct. me. You're right. right. You have skills right. to get out and do something else. And, and I then, didn't think I was a carpenter. Yeah. And then you do stuff like me. You go completely backwards. You know, I gave it all up. I decided when I got laid off, Adam, and, and you know, they, they called me and they're like, hey, can you come to Marietta? And I'm like, no, I'll respectfully decline, you know. And all that clicked with me. There There was a switch that flipped during all that. And I'm like, man, I've been doing this for 25 years. Let me just try to go the opposite direction to see. And, you know, my job is very menial to a lot of people. I mean, what I do, a lot of people, I mean, I have peers in the field of retail management that have reached out to me and been like, are you crazy? Why are you doing this? And I'm happiest now I have been since probably the first two or three years at Guitar Center. And, and, and that's big talk. All right, because my job's peaceful. I'm not over anybody. I go do a specific thing. I clock out and I go the fuck home. Sure, I I, yeah. I, I miss the money. All right, you know I made a, a post on Twitter quite a while back that if somebody asked you about retail management and you getting out of it, and the only thing you can answer that you miss about it is the money, then it's time to go. And it's time to go. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's yeah. peaceful now. I mean, sure, I'd love to make the money I was making, but it's not going to happen in the position I'm in. But we're okay. And, you know, it's, I, I, I cannot, I, I've got to tell you, Adam, you and I have talked. Yeah, there, there's some shit about KSM that pissed me off. All right, there really was. But the one positive that came out of it 
I got a year and a half off of working and I hadn't had that ever in my life. And I've been working for 30 fucking years. And when you do that, your head changes, your head space changes. You don't have the stresses. You don't have the thoughts that you normally had. And all of a sudden you're able to realize different things to your point. You're a hundred percent correct about if you work in retail and you don't think you have transferable skills. Yes, the fuck you do. You have a whole hell of a lot. Same thing, Trent. Everything we, everything we, Adam, if all you ever did was music instrument retail, same thing for you, Trent, same thing for me. Guess what? We have skills that are essential elsewhere and people don't understand that. Yep. You know, all three of our cases, we, we all got to a point where we were elevated to management. Correct. Right. So that opened up a whole other set of skills, yes. right? Being able to do meetings, you know, taking that leadership role, being able to step in and be a leader in any situation. Mm-hmm. Like those are skills that go a long way. Yes, it does. And that, both, that and, and you yeah. too, b- both of you, there are great things in your future. You guys are young. You guys have a long way to go. There is so much that I cannot wait to see what you guys do for me. I'm old. I'm just riding out at this point, but you two look, Adam, I will tell you again on camera. You are a talented motherfucker. You got a lot going for you. Just go get it. And Trent, you too. I, I, I see the videos of you posting building bridges and shit. And I'm like, I would shit my pants if I was up there, you know, go get it, man. You know, life is too short. Go do what you want to do. Have fun. And make it worth it. And, you know, Adam, I, I, I the, there's so much I think about you. You're an exceptional person. All right. And, it, and, and, and I say that because you put up with a lot. And your fuse was very, 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 very long. <laughs> so... I might, I, there might be a person or two that would contest that, but yeah, I appreciate no, that. Trust me, from the outside looking in, your fuse is much longer than the people on the inside looking out think. So, um, and Trent, look, man, you, to your point, we've made lifelong relationships with that crew at Guitar Center. You know, I talk to Matt Head a lot. You know, I, I mean, we, we made lifelong relationships in that business. And that is something... <laughs> that I can't say about a lot of the places I worked. And Crunch Grad just pops in. Rick Valero, good to see you. Another long term relationship. I, I would agree with that, man. I don't I don't think of I can't think of any other job I've had in my life where I've made friends that have been friends for this long. Right. Right. I mean, like, like I Trent, said, if if you called me, you're like, oh, shit, I'm in South Carolina. I don't know where I'm at. I need somewhere to sleep. Here's my couch. You know, I mean, yeah. that's, that, that's how it is. And, you know, there were some things that happened in my life that were quite personal that didn't have to do with the Guitar Center that were bad. And I had some people at in that store step up and do some amazing things that I never asked yeah. for. And, you know. It's. I'm upset in a way that I thought that getting back into the industry would be the same. It's not, and it's not KSM's fault. It's just a different business now. 
And do I like it? No, but it, it just is what it is. I will say that to the motherfuckers who look at me and say, um, when the tire's flat, you don't clean the windshield, I will say this. You can fuck off. But anyway, uh, I got to get that there. But anyway, guys, it's been a long one. Thank you so much for being here, both of you. Yeah, um, Adam, not, I hope great. you do continue doing well. I need you to let us know, you know, tweet when you get your next sub stack up. You know, I, I, your riding seals are amazing. Also, too, um, before we go, you did add some stuff to some books. Can you pimp that real quick? Oh yeah, most most of my most of my uh, writing, my you know my book, baseball for kids, and then uh, I I've got a couple of things. One of which is already published for uh, the Saber, which is the Society of American Baseball Research, um, talking about Jackie Robinson, and then I've got another uh, contribution I just signed on to. Uh, that'll be sometime in the next few months. Uh, but you've got, I've got those, most of the writing is in baseball and then, but, uh, I do have the sub stack open to closed, which, um, I have volume one. That's the chapter one that just came out. I promise chapter two is on the way. It's like, just keeps getting moved around on the to-do list, but, uh, I'm going on vacation this week and that'll be an opportune time for me to As catch a baseball fan. I have so, something uh, terrible to tell you. My father was that? a huge baseball fan. All right. And when he was a young child, he collected baseball cards and he had baseball cards that he glued to notebook paper. And we're talking about the original Washington Nationals. We're talking about Mickey Mantle. Yeah. And I have a Greg Maddox rookie card that was that I put in the back tires of my bike to make it. Oh, and and my father these days is like, God, I wish I had that stuff, but he had like all this like vintage baseball stuff that would have went for like millions of dollars probably. And he ruined it because he was a kid and he glued them to a piece of notebook paper. (laughs) Yeah. I've never done that. So Trent, give us your closing comment, sir. Uh, Man, thanks for having me on. I I had fun doing this. Uh, I guess like my my closing thing would be. I spent nine years with a guitar center and, and nine years in music instrument retail, and the overwhelming majority of it was good. You know, it was good times with good people, a lot of good friends. I got to do a lot of really cool things yep. that I otherwise would have never gotten the opportunity to do, ever. Um, you know, I, I just, I got in over my head thinking I could, uh, get into management in a, what had become a behemoth of a corporate monster. <laughs> uh, and I, I could, I didn't survive the culture shock cause that's what it was. It was a giant culture shock and I didn't survive it, but it was for the better. Yeah. Uh, looking back, you know, I had a blast, man. Um, I think just overwhelmingly, yeah, dude, it it was a, all in all a good time. I, I had fun up until the point I became a manager, a store manager, and that, that ruined it for me. You know, I, I'm right there with you. Look, my wife struggles with me because I had a moment, all right, 
I've been doing this retail thing forever. They tell you that you can never find your perfect job sometimes. And I'll be honest with you. When I first came to guitar center and the three to four years afterwards, it was the perfect job. I had never been happier in my work in my life. And as I've gotten older, I realize it's just a snapshot of time. And and you wish to have that again. It's just, it's like I said, it's kind of like magic in a bottle. Um, those years were amazing to me. I got to do things people told me I'd never be able to do. I got to meet people that I never thought I would meet. I made long-lasting friendships. And to me, that is the essence, and that's how I remember my time, is it was an amazing, amazing time in my career. And the saddest part of it is there's nowhere else you can go to do that now. It it, it was, you know, know, encapsulated. It was It was a small window. All the stars aligned and whatnot. And it was perfect. It really was. I know that you could get that experience out of, you know, any of the big, big box, I guess, Guitar Center and maybe Sam Ash. I don't know. But any big box music instrument retailer, like, I just don't think at this point you're not going to get that kind of experience that you're, you got. It's over. It's done. And it, and that's it's hard. And, and, and that's a lesson I had to learn. I mean, it really did. I mean, I'm kind of mad about some of the things that went down when I was in Atlanta, but that's whatever. But it's a different time. I mean, you're looking at almost 10 to, to 12 years difference in time frames. Yeah. I went, I went searching for something that was perfect for me. I used to say that you would have to drag me kicking and screaming out of Guitar Center. And we did so much with so great people. And I mean, it it was wonderful. I mean, and I miss it. I'm not going to lie. I miss it, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's like history. It's, it's, it's a far gone past. It's done. And, you know, and I appreciate what happened when I moved to Atlanta. I appreciate that. I met Adam. I think Adam's great. I, you know, there were people there at the store that were, were, we're good, you know, and there's people in the hierarchy. They're not bad people. They're just kind of misguided, you know, and that's not their fault. They're, they're, they're falling back on things that they, that used to work. Okay. It's not that they're terrible people at all. It's just, they kind of refuse to grow. And I'm going to go ahead and say this because it's public knowledge that that company that we worked for is getting absorbed by Darth Vader and the Death Star. Um, GC and Music and Arts acquired the competition. Uh, none of us know the details of it. We just know it's happening. We'll see what happens. And the scariest part about all that is, look, Guitar Center's not been on good financial standing for a very fucking long time, and I don't know how the fuck they swung this and made this happen. I think, Adam, you would agree with me there. Um, I can tell you that from around 2015-ish, Guitar Center started making a real big push on band and orchestra. 
Yeah, okay, that that's cool, but they went through bankruptcy. Guitar Center's not exactly in great financial shape, all right? That's the point. It's like, how did y'all swing this shit? How did y'all decide we're going to... The biggest competitor in our market there in that state, we're just going to swoop in and get them. So one of two things either happened. They had some financial windfall where they got tons of fucking money, or the opposite said, fuck it, I'm tired, and here, you get it all at a discount. That's uh, more the latter than oh, the former. Okay. But, you know, and, and and that's amazing to me. And look, I'll be honest with you. It's a historic moment that people don't understand. That was a war. Adam, you know, that was a war. That was those two. I, I remember working at GC and Scott and other people from there walking through i mean it was a big deal for quite a while and it it is kind of shocking to me in a weakened state that gc really is in that they were able to pull it off a lot of lot of blood on that battlefield boy not mine anymore not yours and not trent's so guys listen thank you so much for being here this is something I wanted to talk about. Thank I you. Mean, yeah. There's so much more we can get into. And Adam, I hope you appreciate the fact that I didn't go down a really dark path. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, you know what? Uh, I'm out of the game. So maybe, maybe, one, maybe day one day we will, will. but <laughs> I, 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 I don't think it's necessary. I think people need to understand that you can get a lot out of this business. If you get in the right place. So, I got bad stories right. about it if you want to hear them, but that's a whole other. Yeah, yeah. we'll we'll talk yeah. later. So, guys, thank you so much, Adam. I wish you all the success in the world uh, with your coding and doing whatever. Please go check out his links. If you're a baseball fan, go follow his shit because here's the thing: he's a great writer as it is, but when he's writing about the stuff he's passionate about, it's 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 even more over the top. So, go check his stuff out. And Trent, thank you so much. Eventually, we're going to get to this UFO thing. Oh yeah, dude! I'm down for that. All and, right, we just yeah. got get we got we just got to get your camera working. Yeah, as I was gonna say, we'll get. Sorry about the video thing. <laughs> I'm still confused why Skype wouldn't let me let you see me because I can see myself. But whatever, whatever. All right, so everybody have a great night. Thank you guys. I'm gonna kill kill this stuff. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I'm sure you guys have stuff to do as well. Yeah. So everybody have a great night, and we will see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>